Hey y'all, I'm Damon Oates, founder of Deco Exchange. Who else has heard that crafting is just a hobby? I turned my love of crafting into a thriving multi seven-figure company, surrounded myself in an amazing community, and met some amazing business owners along the way. I'm here to show everyone that makers mean business. What is up, you guys? It is Parker here with the Makers Mean Business podcast. Y'all, I am super excited for today's episode. We have one of our one of our good friends, one of our best employees, the employee of the month, even some would say. Y'all, we've got Christine Jerry. Uh, she, if you guys don't know Christine, y'all, she's a part of our team. She runs her own business. She is a rock star among all things internet and all things marketing and websites and blogging and she's just got a really good handle on on how to get your stuff out there and not just on social media you guys we're talking your own website google searches seo all those things so i'm super excited to bring her on here today and i've got a few questions for her Uh, i know damon has been tied up with a few things so i'm i'm taking over this whole week i think i've got last episode and this episode as well so i won't i won't waste any time you guys i'm gonna get her on here we've got christine jerry with the virtual collab um, like I said, she does work for us, but she also has a ton of other clients that she, she helps, you know, grow their blog, grow their business, get them, get them seen on Google, all kinds of things, you guys. So let's get her, get her on here and we're going to, um, we're going to ask her a few questions and see what kind of value she can add today. All right, you guys, I've got Miss Christine Jerry in here with us. Christine, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Maybe, uh, tell the listeners a little bit about what you do and who you are and, and what you're here to teach them. Hey everybody, it's Christine Jerry from the Virtual Collab, and I am a quote-unquote official chaos coordinator for business owners. So my big joy is just being able to treat everybody um, in our network like family, whether they're networking with us as um, a partner or if they're one of our clients. I think that's what makes us just unique is the fact that we treat everyone as if they're a family that's the whole point of our business it's the core christine i've got a few questions here that obviously damon put out y'all i'm not a question kind of interviewer i'm more of a chit chat kind of interviewer but i'm going to use that to kind of guide us along the way so christine um what's one thing you had wished you had known when you started your career as an entrepreneur that you didn't have to focus on or try and learn everything be a jack of all trades i think that's the In the beginning, it's very easy to get overwhelmed by trying to learn every aspect of being a business owner. And if you can harness the power into focusing in one area at a time and just identifying what the most important thing is in this moment, then you can grow at a much healthier rate instead of trying to grow into the person that you're you're looking at, that person you're comparing yourself to. So... Remember, everybody started somewhere, and that was the thing that I did most was I looked at somebody, and I wanted to be exactly like them. And so I learned, tried to learn all the things at one time, and of course, failed at all the things at one time. Of course, yeah. I think I, I mentioned it in the last episode or, or another episode in the in the past. Um, to me, growing a business is kind of like juggling. Or learning to juggle. It is. Um, you don't. You don't start out with doing five, six, seven, eight things in a chainsaw and a, fl- a flaming torch. You know, you start out with just one. You get good at that really one thing, or you get really good at that one thing, and then you move on to the second one, and then you do the same thing, and then you move on to the third one. So I think it, it's really important. Um, and you brought up another good point where 
it, it's hard to compare yourself to someone who has been doing something for a very long time. Yes. Absolutely. You know, like even, even us, I, I find myself comparing, uh, you know, whether it be the warehouse side of our business or really any part of our business. I'm like, well, so-and-so is doing that. Why can't we do that? And, you know, they, they, those people have built the foundation and they have a really solid base to everything that they're doing. And they have the, the policies, the procedures, everything in place to make sure that the house doesn't fall apart, so to speak. So I, I think that's a, a really good point, Christine. Thank you. Yeah, it's definitely the foundation, um, building that up right first. And that's kind of what we carry through when we talk about content is building that foundation first and knowing what your brand is all about and what you're like, just hold, like building that strong because you can grow everything else with a whole different level of confidence if you've you've definitely set that core for yourself i mean now of course you have a very successful business and probably even before i, I knew you, you had a very successful business but we like to kind of normalize a, a lot of our guests and ask them what was one of your biggest failures um i mean saying how successful you are and how many clients you have and how much money you're making is is huge and great and fantastic for everyone but Sometimes you, you can learn a lot from failures. So what, what is something that you don't mind sharing that you failed in the past that you think someone can, um, you know, maybe take a lesson from or, or learn something from? I definitely think that there, I can definitely say that I continue to fail for sure, no matter where we are in our business. Um, but at the beginning, my, I, I thought I was a business, but I didn't treat it like a business. Um, that for me, it was maybe not opening the business checking account in the beginning. Because mentally, I think that's a huge step for you to say, "Hey, this is I'm, this is business money. I'm not going to use it." And I see that mistake. Um, it's a very common mistake. We like for us as freelancers or contractors, we send an invoice out, we get paid, and in the beginning for me, it was like, oh, well, that's my money. I didn't say this is our business fund. I'm going to take a portion for paying myself. And then the rest goes into uh, seed money into the business or growing my business. And so being treating it that way, I started in my head in a negative in the red because I was paying myself completely. So I couldn't get new tools because I was stealing all our business right. money, essentially. And then tax season. Exactly. <laughs> Y'all, we, we, we being Damon and I, we worked in budgeting and uh, money, money management for oil and gas companies for quite some time. So we have an extensive background in, um, you know, in actually budgeting for small businesses as well as multi-million dollar companies, even a multi-billion dollar company. Um, so that, that's one thing for sure. That's a good point, Christine, to bring up uh, budgeting. But just in general, you guys, um, treating yourself as a business or treating your business as a business, you have to kind of create that respect for yourself and your business. Um, I think that like you treating your business like a business will make your friends and family treat your business like a business. I mean, Damon says it all of the time. If you treat your business like a hobby, no one else is going to, you know, you can't expect anyone else to treat your business like a business. They all think it's a hobby. So, you know, do all of the things like make sure you're legit and I'm, I'm obviously opening a business checking account is a good start. But, you know, get your get your LLC set up, get your get your, all your legal stuff, which we'll have a, a lawyer on here. I know Emily, um, she's in our mastermind. She's one of our lawyers. She's going to have some great tips for you guys as far as getting legal. 
but I, I, I just have one more thing to add about failures is whenever you fail, just make sure you fail forward. And I know, um, I've heard people say it and for the longest time before I, I was a quote unquote entrepreneur, small business owner, whatever you want to call me these days, I didn't really understand what that meant. And now that I'm living it, every day is a day of failing forward. Just like you said, Christine, where every day is a hot mess and every day you feel like you're failing all the time. And it's true. Um, every day brings new challenges and every day brings new lessons in forms of failures. It's just a matter of how you look at it and how you get up after you, you know, just don't crash and burn basically. Exactly. I think that's a huge point. Um, I was just talking about it today with one of our partners and it was, you know, sometimes you realize like things, your strategy is not working. The thing, the thing you had planned isn't going the way it is. And it, it was, it might've been a decision you made that prevented it from happening, whatever it is. Um, and for me, I, t- I do take things on a personal level when I like, I feel like I failed and it hits me, but knowing that that's a trigger for me, um, I usually take about like 30 minutes. I'll take a break. I'll play on the switch. I'll do something to unwind because yeah. I have to emotionally detach from the situation so that I can fall forward or fail forward after I'm done yeah. and be like, okay, well, this is what we're going to do to take care of that. I think that's a huge thing for us as business owners to take that time and be real. Like we do need the time. It's okay to be frustrated, but be frustrated in a functional way. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You have to be a functioning hot mess, not just a total hot mess. <laughs> All right. So I, the next one I have here is what are some of the, the best books, courses, or podcasts, or, or what kind of, um, I guess, educational material do you like or or have you read and, and maybe had an aha moment for, or maybe it's just something that you really think that maybe it changed the way you think about business or you're running your business or your life or what you got. It's so funny because I actually got the best advice from a book I read a long time ago by Gary Chapman. And it was the five love languages it has nothing to do with business. Like it's more about relationships and it started off, you know, uh, the book is, it just discusses how we communicate. Um, I think it goes beyond love. I think it goes in appreciation and um, really how we show we respect other people. And that book helped me to understand how to work with clients a little bit better. Um, I was able to apply the five love languages to that and relationships to partners if we're going to connect on a certain project. And remember that we're all going to um, show appreciation in a different way as and we have to remember that um, hearing and accepting appreciation uh, is one of those things where you're not going to always get it the way you think you are. If someone's a gift giver, they might give you a, a monetary bonus. They may never sure. say thank you. They may never say, you know, I appreciate what you did. But that's just their way of showing appreciation. And so understanding that and respecting that we all have different ways. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. And I mean, I've I've read that book too, and I've I've researched love languages extensively. Um, but one thing I kind of pride myself on is being a good um, networker and communicator. And I think not only love languages and understanding people, but being able to read people and um, you know how to speak to someone and how to. And I'm saying I'm not saying like be polite and say yes sir and yes ma'am. It's more of just understanding. Um, you know, the different tones of voice and understanding how to actually, you know, talk about their interests and 
be interested or seem interested, even if you don't really care, there's a whole a whole psychological mind game that goes in. And as you guys know, I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of networking. Uh, Our business wouldn't be where it is without the networking that we've done in the past. I I would challenge you guys to try to find someone who doesn't feel the same way. Um, We didn't build this alone. We built it with a network of people, of friends, of family, of uh, other business owners. And that was all done because of networking and understanding how to communicate. So I mean, Christine, you brought up love languages, which is is still relevant, but I just took it a step further and said, just being able to communicate and express yourself and um, build relationships, really. And I, I know Roberto is on uh, on the schedule, and he's he's a huge reason why I'm so interested in um, basically the psychological psychology behind. Uh, relationships and networking, but he's all about sponsorships and partnerships. Mm-hmm. So he's got this all down to a science of how to build a relationship. And it, it really is just like building a relationship, like your your husband and wife relationship kind of situation. It's just another way, you know, Damon and I are partners. We're partners in business. And, you know, we have that same give and take that a, a normal relationship would have. And it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of understanding love languages. So I think that's a really good point, Christine, to bring up, um, really just emotional intelligence and understanding how different people talk and love and care and give feedback. It's just a huge, a huge part of, of having clients and serving people in general. Absolutely. Cause I mean, with, through communication, that's to me a huge part of building trust. Like if you can't communicate correctly, then you absolutely cannot develop the trust in that relationship. Tell us a little bit about, um, some people who influenced you in your in your life or on your path as an entrepreneur. I, I it's interesting for me because I will always go back to family, um, and I guess that's why that has always been the very center of my business. But my grandfather was a um, he was a mechanic, and he owned his own auto shop. And I asked him why he never pers- like he never kept the auto shop open because he ended up. Uh, going and becoming an airline mechanic for Hawaiian Airlines. And he said, my business couldn't survive because of family and friends. And I kind of held that even I didn't own a business at that age. I was still a kid. I was working on his farm every summer and spring. But I always held on to that one thing because he said, don't like that when you're always giving that friends and family discount, or you're putting your emotion first, you'll never thrive in a business. And he goes out for himself. He wasn't willing to give that part up. And he would always do things with what he said. He'd do things with aloha, with love. And yeah. he that was his choice. He said, but if I ever went into business one day, I would have to make that choice. And yeah. I see how real that really is. Yeah, I mean it's something we all deal with, right? Um, especially as makers, a lot of our a lot of our supporters at the start is our friends and family, right? Our community, our church uh, parishioners, whatever whatever you guys call them, you know, you know your community, right? Um, it, it's hard to to not give them a discount or not, you know, give them a deal. I and mean, even Christine, like Christine is, we're a client of Christine, and all, all the time I have to tell her, "Don't give me a discount. Like, charge me full price." Like. It's just a thing that us as humans want to do. We want to help. We want to serve. But you still have to charge what you guys are worth. And honestly, right now, I think it's easier than ever, especially being um, with with the growth of of e-commerce and online businesses. 
it's so easy to take emotion out um, with things like Etsy, with things like Amazon. You don't have to haggle. You don't have to bargain. You don't have to see. Um, you don't have to see that person at all. You really just, you know, you run your numbers, you set the price, and you sell it. It's all around SEO. It's all around getting your stuff seen. So I, I personally like online selling for that reason alone because I'm, I'm a giver. I have a tender heart. You know, I, I want to help people. And if someone came to me and was like, I can't feed my family. And like, I would be like, here's my money. Like right. I, I'm that kind of person. So being an online seller, it really helps to um, kind of negate the, effect, the effects of trying to give discounts and, and those negative feelings and all, all the things you just said, like it, it resonates so deep in me. What is a common myth about running your online business or being your own boss? I have a whole lot to say about this one, you guys. So, Christine, what do you? <laughs> There's actually a couple things now that you like. I just thinking about it. One of the things is like, oh, it must be nice to work in your PJs. Yeah, if I worked in my PJs, nothing would get done. Like my thing is, you you get up, you brush your teeth, you wash your face, you get ready, you show up for work. Because if I was at a regular job or regular nine to five, I would have been fired for the work I would have produced in that kind of just that feeling because it affects you emotionally. But the other thing is, um, since you're home, can you watch my kids? I had that all the time. Like since you're home anyway, and your kids are home, can, can I drop the kids off for this? Well, I go to work and these are like friends or like, you know, the kids friends, I'm like, no, no, I can't. I, like, I actually have to watch my children and work at the same time. And that's more than enough as it is. Like, yep. So learning how to say no was a big thing at that stage. For sure. For sure. And uh, honestly, it's something that um, Damon and I have went through in, in a similar fashion. I mean, for most of you guys who have followed us before, we have seven dogs. Damon works from home. I work at the warehouse. And there's a lot of times where I'm like, oh, well, Damon's home. He can take care of it. And it kind of took like a little bit of learning to realize that, okay, Damon is working. You know, I'm working. We're working. Like it's it's a real thing. And um, it, it took a lot of of mindset shifting. And you brought up the PJs thing, but I've, I've read time and time again, like even if you don't go anywhere, like get up, get dressed, do your hair, do your makeup, whatever it is, like that affects you. Mm-hmm. Like getting ready, having a routine, making yourself mentally and, you know, physically ready actually affects how productive you are. Christine, we've talked about a few things. I have, I have a couple more questions, but one is, is there anything you just want to, to share with our audience? You know, we're, we're makers mean business. Do you have any tips or just general thoughts for them? You've, you've kind of met a lot of our people. You're a business coach in our inner circle. You, you've kind of embed yourself into our community. Do you have any, any whether it be motivational words or, or words of wisdom or some tips or anything? What you got? I think just we talked about foundation earlier, and I think that is the like core word for even not only building your business, but remembering who you are as you build that business. It's easy to be a chameleon when you work in so many different, um, work with different people. And if you're a maker that focuses on uh, wreath making, or if you're a maker that focuses on web design, because in either space, you're going to work with different people. Um, I say stay true to yourself because it's really easy to emulate 
that guru that you you look at and you're like, oh, but I want to be like them. Mm-hmm. At some point you lose your value and at some point you lose the love for yourself trying to be somebody else. And then your business, it's you fall out of love with your business as well because you've just lost what you enjoyed most about it. So that foundation to me, whether it's, you know, like concrete or not, you need to keep that throughout. Just being, being a face forward person. And, uh, I don't even know the word. Is it candid? I'm not even sure. Like just a, a very true to yourself type person. It, it's really attractive to, to consumers right now. You know, they've, in, in the past few years, they've seen a lot of faceless brands that are just in it for the money. They've seen a lot of Amazons and Walmarts and all these businesses that you don't even know who the person is behind it, who's making the money. Right now, being a business owner is all about showing that you're a person, you're real, you're relatable. Um, it, it's easier now than ever to build a brand around yourself and make yourself known either on the online space or in your community that you're real too. You have a family, you're, you're living your dream. You're making, making differences in the world, whatever it is, you can be true to yourself and still run a business. You don't have to be something or someone that someone says that you have to anymore. It's, it's really a beautiful thing that we're, we're in this, this day and age where we can just really do anything that we want and be who we want and still be successful no matter what. Completely agree. Yeah. The authenticity factor. Uh, I wish I had been more prominent throughout um, as I grew. I, I started my business back in 2010 is when I started blogging. Um, and blogging back then was, it was much different than it is now. But at the same time, you could hide behind the persona. You could hide behind whatever you wanted to be behind that website. And now as you're saying, like, I agree, like as you come forward, as a person comes forward in their brand, um, it makes a huge difference developing those relationships with your community. Christine, if these guys want to want to learn more about you, follow you, anything like that, where can people find you? They can go to the virtualcollabhub.com. So virtual. Virtualcollabhub.com. What uh, you, I mean, you obviously have a Facebook page as well. It's the same thing. Virtual collab. Hub. Yeah. Sure. Cool deal. You have anything exciting coming up that you're launching sometime this year? I know you are. So let's, let's, hear it. <laughs> there's always something. Um, <laughs> I'm actually finishing up the uh, scalable blogging course. So I'm really excited because it's the first time I've put something that size together f- for myself rather than for clients. So for me, that's a huge step because it's something I put off for a few years. So it's just teaching how to go from A to B when it comes to building your content and website so that you can start um, just getting conversions and traffic and all that good stuff. Is this meant for people who have absolutely no idea how to build a website or anything like that? Um, no, I would say if you have already opened your website, like you already started your website, you just need some direction. on So. Cool deal. Well, Christine, our signature question for our interviewer interviewees is what does being a maker mean to you? I know you're not, you're not a traditional maker. Y'all let me address something really quick. We call it makers mean business, obviously because we're crafty and we are makers in that sense. But I really feel like most business owners are all makers. They've made something, they've made their business, they've made 
their mark on the world. They've made something. So I, I consider really anyone that we have, anyone who runs a business as a maker. Christine, what does being a maker mean to you? A maker for me is something that just is options. A maker creates options, no matter where they are or what business they build. They create an option to be able to stay at home or they create an option to do certain things in their life. It's a maker creates options. And for me, it brings it back home where I can cre- I can create an example for my kids that, yes, I went to college, I got an English degree, but I'm using it in a different way. You don't always have to go fit in the box. You take what you your heart stands for and you take what your mind stands for, put it together and make something. So for that, that's what a maker means for me. Christine, thank you so much for for being a part of the podcast today. Y'all, we are going to have Christine back in a couple episodes, maybe even the next episode. Um, she is one of the, I'm going to call her a co-author. Um, she helped us write our SEO handbook. Uh, we wrote an ebook all about trying to get found online and using Google and all that stuff. So we will be back to talk just about that. But in the meantime, you guys check Christine out over at the Virtual Collab Hub. And I'll see you guys next time.